Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. To the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us as we lie our way through Minute 87 of Dead Man's Chest. Mm-hmm. But before we actually get started, you know, and I thought we were done with the dog ate my homework kind of thing. Because now we're late again. You know why? Because the audio, the show, got corrupted. (laughs) The whole file got corrupted. I was wondering how you were blaming this on the dogs, but yeah, it was the dogs. It actually was the dogs. During the recording, everything went black. They unplugged us. (laughs) They shut the power off to everything. (laughs) Recording device, mixer, microphones, everything shut down. And that's the problem with having it on one power strip. (laughs) And then I thought, okay, all is well, no worries. But then when I tried to get everything posted and ready to go, couldn't open the file. The audio couldn't be read. I could see by how big the file was that it was there. Ah, it was there. But it couldn't be read. It was corrupt. Corrupted. Just like a pirate. (laughs) So was I happy? Not really. No, I wasn't, to be honest with you. Because now we got to do the rehash thing. It's like... We got to pretend like what the hell happened. <laughs> like this is all new. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to, there's going to be some stuff that populates in and out that's the same and other stuff will be new. I don't know. I just don't like doing that. It doesn't have that off the cuff then if you have to redo it. So yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said anything because now everybody's going, God, that just, what's wrong with this show? So there you go. And we're all excited too because there's all kinds of cool stuff. We're going to the, NorCal Pirate Festival this yeah. weekend. As long as I remember my recording device, I can see if people are going to want to talk pirate action, Pirates of the Caribbean. Then we got our, of course, Star Wars Celebration 2019 tickets. Yeah. Ready to go for that. It's all about like conventions, pirates that's, and Star Wars. April. Wait, that's a long time away. I know, but it still just happened recently. That's true. So that's what I'm talking about. Very true. And that whole VIP thing sold out like instantly then a few days later the five-day passes were gone now i've heard that saturday is gone so it's like filling up and before apparently it took months for that stuff to sell out oh really everybody's excited about star wars oh that's true but are they solo coming out solo's already out but are they excited about pirates because there will be pirate action this weekend fourth of july fourth of july jesus (laughs) that's a couple weeks away (laughs) How about Father's Day weekend is what Father's I meant to Day. say. Father's Day. There you go. Both started with an F. That's true. And yeah, we should have a pirate good time there. Swashbuckling good time. Yep. So there you go. That's that's all I'm going to say right now then. Just true. because I'm irritated and I want to get going. But in the previous minute, 
Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see. Just a manly threesome. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hiding their goods and lying about what they've got. Just any ordinary day in the life of a true scallywag. Man, boy, dude, or whatever label you want to slap on that XY chromosome creature. We are. X marks the spot for lying. Why? Because it's what we do. There you go. Genetics 101. Right there. Thank you. You're welcome. Genetics, uh... Education. It's very nice of you to bring us... Broke it down for everybody. Genetics today. Thank you. Minute 87 begins with Bootstrap calling out Davy Jones. Twelve fives. Call me a liar. Or up the bid. An irritated Joan replies, And be called a liar myself for my trouble? Jones then lifts the cup from Bootstrap's hidden dice, revealing his hand. The minute ends with Bootstrap talking to Will. You just wanted to know where it was. The two continue to look at each other in silence before a hard cut to Clanker sleeping with a bottle in his hand. Before the minute completely ends, Bootstrap's head pops up from below deck. So here's my takeaway from the minute. Deja Your vu style. takeaway? Exactly. Jones <laughs> is a bit of a sore loser. Just a little. A little? I mean, he doesn't win. Then he gets all Barbosa on everybody. Right? Yeah. Kind of does a whole Barbosa thing there. Because it's like an interesting circle or maybe a callback to Curse of the Black Pearl. The outsider comes aboard, makes a deal. Then he realizes it's like this genie, this gin thing that has the unrealized circumstances that make it impossible to deliver. Elizabeth strikes an accord with Barbosa in the first movie. Perhaps you've seen it. Curse of the Black mm, Pearl. Does I'm not so bell? sure. Mm, maybe. And she says she expects to be brought back to shore. Basically gives her the same things Jones does to Will here. Go ahead. Leap overboard. Swim to shore. Whatever you need to do, you're free to go. But we didn't really say anything about a boat or getting off as part of the deal. That's what I'm trying to get at here. But you are free to go. But it's like, where do you go? Yeah, I don't think they're stopping anytime soon. But that's the thing. It's this genie garbage. This always got to have a fine-tooth comb on the contract here. Because to quote Jurassic Park, I hate it. And I'm going to say it again. I hate this hacker crap. Because <laughs> I was waiting for Jones or all the crew or somebody, some of these fish guys, to chime in like Newman. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. And you know what? <laughs> Damn you, Newman, for that. I can just see his bobblehead on the screen kind of doing that. That was before uh, Funko and bobbleheads got popular. I like your all the fish dudes. The fish dudes. But it's like, damn it, Jones! Magic words? I mean, is this what lawyers have really done to society? Yeah. Not that I am berating the lawyers listening to this show. Because pirates it's need not lawyers our too. Listener, it's not our lawyer listeners. It's the other lawyers. Okay, there you go. But it muddies the waters of contracts. What about just a simple shake of the hands? A meeting of the minds? But we all have an understanding. That's what I'm trying to get at. A binding social agreement. When you go free on a ship and you're free to go, I deserve a longboat. That's all I'm asking. Just give me the longboat. Then they'd Scotty, be row your boat to shore. Minus one longboat. I'm know, not sure still. a longboat on this ship would actually float. Well, yeah. Okay. That's true. Very Maybe true. a life vest. But the whole point is, is that we have to pinpoint every dang variable nowadays. And obviously Will needed to as well. And Elizabeth. Because yes, when I win and I get off this ship, I want that longboat to take me to shore. That's part of the understanding. Or to drop me off at the nearest port. Anything. Yeah. 
That's the Not understanding. Just, you're free to go. No, well, where am genies, I going to go? Exactly, because genies are bastards, and that's what I've seen based on movies. And Not like laughs. I dream a yeah. genie kind of thing. Then he laughs because he knows there's no way to go. Exactly, he knows he. So he won. still has him trapped because he's a sore loser. That's what I'm saying. I mean, as much as I was mentioning during a previous episode about the script. I mean, the script does dive much deeper into this game, this Liar's Dice game, because it packs a powerful dialogue punch that's going on there. And it works when reading it, but here's the problem. I don't know if it actually works if it was in the movie this way. I don't know if it would have played very well on screen. Well, do you think it would be too much dice? Too much dice. You know, watching them play dice for, what, 20 minutes? (laughs) I hope it would go on 20 minutes. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Because perhaps it gets too heavy in conversation. If we were having dice, conversation, and multiple games as the script calls for. Yeah. But in the final version of the film, we get this fairly quick roll of the die. Bidding, and then it's an end. It's yeah. Like rolling, bidding, ending. It's a super there you quick go. game, yeah. Yeah. Not sure the conversation is needed as opposed to what we actually get. It's all these looks of desperation that we see from some everybody. some reason, I thought you were going to say desperados. I don't know why. Because... <laughs> You just wanted me to sing Desperado. Maybe. But it's not necessarily as much as like these desperate looks from Will. Is it so much as like from Bootstrap? Because he's more fearful of what the hell his son is doing. Yeah. Like what in the hell are you doing, Will? Yeah. I know I ran off, but I thought when I was there for a little bit, I trained you better. (laughs) But part of the discussion was what? I know I ran off, but I thought while I was there, I trained you better. That was actually me coming out against Cricket and Froggy, who turned off our sound the last time, and the (laughs) microphones, and everything else in the room. But part of the discussion was how there were multiple games played before Bootstrap jumps in to save the day in the script. Plus, we get into this whole man loves a woman thing, which Sparrow tried to use as an appeal to Jones before Will was, say, press gang, finger quote, aboard the Dutchman. And... Right when Will wages a hundred years of service in the script against his father's freedom, Jones follows up with this. So now I'm going to like talk some script here. Okay. You're a desperate man. What is the cause? It can only be a woman. Actually, did you feel the acting prowess? Yes. There? And it's always a woman. I, I <laughs> that the truth. <laughs> that is correct. Because Will comes back with a woman need not cause you to be desperate if you choose the right woman. And then that's when I go, Will, you're so naive in the ways of the world. <laughs> because like Heather just said, it's all women. That's just the way it goes. It doesn't matter. We know matter. how it works. Not that I'm trying to alienate any of our women audience members out there. Or maybe I'm just saying that all men are desperate, no matter if there's a woman involved or not. Maybe that's better. How about we roll with that? Just to preserve the integrity of the show. Probably best to put it on the men rather than the women. Yeah. Hell hath no fury like a desperate man scorned or something like that. I think we all know the real quote. But yeah, Will gets kind of put in his place with the whole Davy Jones thing. But then Will comes back with a woman need not cause you to be desperate if you choose the right woman. Like I was just saying. Okay, so now he's talking to Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Remember him back. But the note in the script, it says Jones is stung by that one. So it's... Jones takes this personally now. And I think that Will is doing that as well. I think he's trying to piss him off in the script. Because I think he's trying to get under his skin. Throw him off his game. 
Maybe he is. He knows he's heartbroken. That's what I'm saying. He got all that stuff you from Pia Dalma. So yeah. I think Will is coming off as a bit more strategic than mm. we had planned. Because if you see, that actually works well with what was happening in the rest of the scene earlier on. When Will is staring Davy Jones down when he sits down to throw the dice. Yeah. When he challenges him. Because he's getting them. He's saying, oh, you can back out if you want. Kind of thing. Yeah. We all know that Davy's not going to do that. He's got too much pride. Exactly. But the whole thing is, this this is really just a metaphor for Jones and Calypso anyways. But it's just playing out for Will and Elizabeth kind of thing. But it's all coming back to Jones and Calypso. Yeah. Then Jones finishes up with, I remember now, you're the one who hopes to get married. But your fate is to be married to this ship. So Jones already has plans for Will. He sees that he's going to be on the ship for a while. He can see his barnacle-encrusted father. He goes, uh, like father, like son. Yeah. But Will comes back to say, I choose my own fate, which is not bad. I mean, Will's pretty good about choosing his own fate to a point. Mm-hmm. He's grown since Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh, yeah. He's you kind can of a shy, ingot-banging uh, blacksmith guy. <laughs> you can see he's grown since Curse of the Black Pearl, the, yeah. way, the way he is with Barbosa here. Barbosa? Not Barbosa. Really? <laughs> Davy Jones. Somebody's not paying attention. <laughs> And then, actually, Jones comes back, then it wouldn't be fate, would it, says Jones. And that's when Will wins the first game in the script. And back to the kind of 666 Mark of the Beast thing that we talked about before. Because even Davy Jones at that point refers to himself as the devil. He says, you can't best the devil twice, son. Mm. And then I think this devil might have dragged on too long. You're going to sing Devil Went Down to Georgia? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Not sure what is exactly needed to get the point across, though, for this scene. And sometimes all this dialogue can be captured in mannerisms and expressions. That's kind of what we get. Yeah. Because that's why the CG is so incredible. It completely brings Bill's portrayal of Jones to life here. Right. It sells it. And then, of course, we also are bringing somebody else to life. Got a bit of a curly from the Three Stooges with Clanker snoring on the deck. Oh, yeah. I can't say it. I did it yesterday. Really? Because it's damn near straight out of the Stooges short film. Thank you. I couldn't uh, that do was it. Too, that was, no, more, like, yeah, that was no. more like Scooby-Doo. There you go. Something like that. Or a cartoon. Like I said, Scooby-Doo. Something like that. You can make the call. But it is. And I thought that maybe Gore had mentioned the Three Stooges at some point. But maybe I'm wrong. Hmm, maybe it's just vaguely me. I don't know. I, maybe, or maybe we talked We've about talked it. about Three Stooges. So that's possible. Maybe that's where it's coming up. But there is that obvious reference there. It seems like it's a reference to the Three Stooges. Curly. Yeah. Going on there with the sleeping. Really is. I mean, it's almost damn near the same thing. Yeah. If I wasn't so lazy, I would like do a split clip. It totally reminded me of something. So it must be the Three Stooges. I can't get that damn theme song out of my mind now. (laughs) Whenever I mention the Three Stooges, I am automatically playing that in my mind. It's like background music. It's a really catchy tune. I get Doctor. (laughs) That's where you're going? Doctor? Doctor. Hey, Hey, that's not... It is that's that when Fletch. they're playing Doctor. That, whoa, really? Yeah, when they're all at they're the playing Doctor. Yeah, they're all in the hospital acting like they're doctors, and they say Doctor, Doctor. That's Fletch. No, that's Fletch. I don't think it is. That's when they all go. Why would the, the three Stooges be in Fletch? Not Fletch. I mean, uh, spies like us. They're all Doctor, Doctor. Doctor, Doctor. Mm. Yes, we've talked about this recently on the show. Yeah, I understand that, but I don't think you're correct. Well, I'm sure that there's been other utterances of the word doctor and other things before. Okay. 
They got Three Stooges music on my mind. What did you think of the music in this particular minute, though? You know, I don't recall there being any music. I think that's a pretty good summation of what was going on here. Because I didn't really notice it either. It was maybe that that's like the beauty of the good score kind of thing. The music that works well with the scene. That it backs it up and sometimes allows like this whole thing to take the lead as to overpowering it with music. Because I didn't give it much thought until I was almost done reviewing the minute. Like multiple viewings. Yeah. Many multiples of viewings. And then it was like a last second thing. I'm like, oh, let me take a look at that music. Well, let me take a hear of that music. <laughs> and then I processed it and I go, you know what? It's okay, but it's not anything standout or just really great like that. I mean, I just brought it up because it melted right into the game. Right where it should be. Didn't under or overperform. It's like it backed it up nicely, but it didn't call attention to itself. Hmm. It's called the three, the three, the, th- <laughs> the three Stooges. By the way, it was Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard. That you didn't say that. And it wasn't doctor, doctor, doctor. There you go. I had to help that. You corrected it. Now, if you said that, I would have known what you were talking about. That's what I, that's what I envisioned in them saying doctor, doctor, That's because you were spies like us. The music is called the dice game. A little obvious. Mm, a little yeah. who's buried in Grant's tomb feel there. Oh, the dice game. That's what it is. Clever, clever girl. (laughs) Just in case you weren't following, that's another Jurassic Park reference for the show. Clever, clever girl. And as we're sitting here, oh, by the way, forgot to mention, probably because it wasn't quite as new, but it is because we had to redo things and we still haven't got things set up, but we, we actually moved studios. Oh, yeah. Disney forked out the big dollars for us and allowed us to move and pack up our stuff to a brand new studio (laughs) right down the hallway. The big old swap. And now we're in a disheveled room with things that aren't even set up because we have to bring the show to the people. And I'm going to be honest. I don't think my mic is set up properly. And when I say set up, I mean not like in the position that I've grown accustomed to over the last year and a half. I'm not sure I like the... There seems to be like a different echo or something. There's an in here. echo, and I think I figured it out, by the way. I just don't, I'm not digging the feel yet. So I'm wondering what it's going to sound like in post processing. What am I going to have to do to the room to get it all set up to be at the level that I want it to be? I do have some foam sound absorbers. Now maybe I got to put stuff up. It, yeah. So I'm just, and the chair doesn't feel right. Nothing feels <laughs> right. It feels like I'm not at home doing this, and I'm not happy about it. So that's one thing. And then the other thing, what? What are you going to interrupt? If Disney paid for us to move, they paid us to move. Why didn't they get the movers? That's a good question. Why did we have to to, do it ourselves? I wanted to pocket the extra money. Oh, okay. And since we were busy moving and all that stuff and talking about Jurassic Park, I I worked up a Tyrannosaurus-sized appetite. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what that means? No. So are you ready for some really bad eggs? Mm. Satisfy my hunger. With some really bad eggs. Yeah. How was that for a transition? That's good. Plus, I'm trying to get us back on schedule after the debacle last week. We and obviously debacle? another debacle this week. Well, yeah. And we're so, close this week. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying. We're, we're there. This is the segment where we highlight our favorite line from the last six minutes. By the way, before I kick off the intro to really bad eggs, you're right. As long as we can get it posted before the end of the day... Then we're on target. Exactly. We're Didn't not happen. behind. We're, just, we're on uh, time. Later. Later in the day. Something for everybody's weekend. Instead of noon, it was 12. Exactly. <laughs> so really bad eggs. 
Order up. We're devils and rats and really bad as great guns. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. And really bad eggs. So, what do you have for us today? How do you know of the key? How do you know the key? Of the key. How do you know of the key? I do like that because the whole demeanor change with, I think that's my favorite part, is that Davy Jones completely changes his personality. It's like he becomes soft Davy Jones. Well, he, for one thing, it's like nobody knows of this key. That's right. You know, and he's wondering how this boy who just happened to be on his ship knows about this key. That's right. You know? So I know we talked about it previously, and so I don't want to get too much into it, but I do like where it goes, because it does show that softer side of Jones that we don't necessarily see. It almost like puts him in his place. It's the, it's like that psychology thing that he sees something, he kind of reverts back to his childhood. Yeah. That mentioning of the key almost brings up his feelings and his humanity almost. Yeah. And then he just kind of softens down, or it's like his vulnerability. Maybe that's what it is. That's because it. The key, oh my God, that leads to my heart. So it's vul- he's vulnerable. And yeah, it really changes things up. So I think that's a good And quote. he's not sure he even wants to gamble this. I mean, it is his heart. That's true. So he's not sure he wants to gamble it. I don't but think... But then in yeah. the end, he decides it was Well, because it. Will is pushing him. And he, yeah. does, he knows he's not going to... Back down. Yeah. And I but think if he Jones feels the dice, he doesn't have win. to worry about it. I. Jones is confident he's not going to win. Yeah. So he's kind of like, what do I have to lose then? And plus, in front of his crew, he's kind of solidifying all that. For me, it wasn't necessarily the greatest set of minutes from which to pull a favorite line from the last, say, two weeks. But I did my job, though, because it's by the Code of the Pirate Brethren. Chose one from minute 83. Cutler Beckett speaking in kind of a roundabout way to Governor Swan, because Mercer's there, says, even for what he'd hoped never to sell. Hmm, that was a good line. Talking about, well, Governor Swan. Okay, there's a number of things I like about this line. Firstly, it's like such a bitch move by Beckett to slap down Swan, who's already been down. And it hits him hard, you could tell. Yeah. He already has Swan on his proverbial knees because of the thumb screws he has on his daughter kind of thing going on. Yeah. Swan has this little choice, or no choice, but to cave to save Elizabeth. But Beckett goes in for the final knockout punch, like tearing him down, maybe to help build him back up in his own image. A classic move, it's like the, I'm going to break a man down and have him at your beck and call. That way you can Mm kind of command him around. Secondly, the music starts to transition to the Flying Dutchman ahead of the cut. That gives like this ominous tone to our final look at Swan, who's really sad looking. Yeah. It kind of unleashes an evil feeling. It's like perfect for Beckett. Well, he's giving up everything for him. That's right. To him. And then you can't forget the look on Swan's face. Jonathan Price delivers it. I mean, he absolutely nails that look of devastation. Yeah. And as we mentioned, the camera pulls back, making Swan smaller on the frame, on the screen there. So it's lots of symbolism with that and how he kind of must be feeling right now. Yeah. small. And then finally, it gives us the slow motion roll of the dice transition. And I really love that. We talked about it. Yeah. That. Don't really need to do much of that. But it really is at the top of my list with film editing right here. Kind of sound too, and then even acting with this transition. And I'll see if it changes, but it's really great. It's almost like, it, like I said, at the top of my list for this stuff. And the entire sequence just spirals out of Swan's control and then ends with a roll of the dice. That's what's really cool. Because he's rolling the dice with trusting Beckett and all that stuff. Yeah. 
all that jazz, I should say. And that's what I love. That's what I love about it. So that's all I got. We got a weird studio. We got dogs and jerks, all that (laughs) stuff. So that's it for me. That's it for me. So I'm going to say I'm going to, what, roll the dice on this minute? Going to call each other liars? Just everything around here. So we'll be back on Monday. Fall goes as planned. Maybe some power outage caused by dogs. Some craziness. (laughs) Anything else that pirate happens. With minute 88 of Dead Man's Chest. And until then, Scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. And the drinking to a maximum. And by far, yes, there must be drinking this weekend. Yes. Just to get me through it. Well, and we're going to the Pirate Festival, so. That's true. But man, this week has been brutal for me. And this, well, just getting the shows done has been brutal to me. Yeah. Because we got like four-legged beasts that don't seem to respect that I need to get that done. (laughs) That's what irritates me. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.